0: Worship team, a hand, a shout. Praise God. Give our online viewers a shout. Come on, church. Thank you for watching online today. Thank you for tuning in. We have a large, large contingency of people that watch uh, online. And again, like Janie said, I'll reiterate it really quickly. If you are comfortable watching from home, uh, you are still a part of our church. It doesn't matter what state or region you're in. It's it just, you, that's that's part. So I had Marcus run and get me something while Janie was praying so eloquently. Thank you, Marcus. I'll use that as a prop for a second in just a moment. So um, man, God is so good. And so we're, we're coming all the time. That was really weak, but I know your heart was in it, so. <laughs> uh, we're, we're coming out of Galatians, and Galatians is the free gospel. And Galatians was probably, theologians say, Paul's first letter. And so, you know, sometimes the things are very memorable uh, as, as we walk through things. And so, uh, I have a, a prayer room off of my office in this building upstairs And in my prayer room, I have bag. I have a couple bags like this. This bag here is like thirty over thirty years old. Okay, and so I was looking through it the other day. I have it in the back side of it, talking about memorable letters. I have, I had opened it up and then I looked inside, and I, I have a letter. It's not really a letter. It's a note, and it's it's a note from my wife. It says Mark on it. This note was written on March the 11th, uh, 1991, and I know that because it, it was the day I started a new job, and she wrote she wrote on it, Mark, hi, I love you. Guess who? Question mark. <laughs> like <laughs> inside my briefcase, I have a pretty good idea from a notepad from a company that I worked for before that. Honey, I love you so much. It was it was, and I'll. I'll never throw it away. I mean, I don't think I'll ever sell the bag because the bags. I'll never give the bag away because it's in, it's part of the it's part of the thing. I think sometimes letters or notes or things that they mean more to the hearer, maybe even than they do to the uh, to the writer. And so Paul writes Galatians with such impact that I, he wants to get this through, like to understand there's a free gospel out there that nobody has to pay for. And there's been letters that have changed the course of even history or humanity. Um, MLK Jr. wrote a letter, just a brief, a note like that uh, to the newspapers when he was in jail in 63 in Alabama, and he said, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere, okay? And so I was telling somebody in the first service, I was talking to him, we may not be a church for everyone, but we are a church for all people. And so there's a a variance there. And This is what Paul is talking about in his letter to the Galatians, okay? It's impactful. It's something that we're going to take with us. It's like this note that Janie wrote me uh, over you know 30 years ago I will I'll never throw it away it's it means something to me it may not mean anything to y'all but it means a lot to me and it's It's in the bag that uh uh that she put on my first day of a of a new job i just thought that was pretty cool there's another note in there too when we Marcus and i left for Haiti but i i won't read that one it's a cute little note too we went to Haiti 7 years ago uh april uh right before Jenny got sick a month later and so uh but the just sometimes there's memorable things, okay? And, and there's letters that have changed the course of history. This letter Paul writes to uh, the church in Galatia, the Galatians, uh, it changes history because it, it becomes about a lot of not to-dos, but a lot of if you just will, if you just will receive Christ, if you'll just give your heart over to him, it's a starting place. And just to make things clear, uh, I'll nobody's probably... Going to be more adamant about living a clean life than me. So this is not a release just to go sin or release just to go do whatever you want. It's not that type of free gospel. In our freedoms, there's still responsibilities. Okay, it's like we kind of give up our rights. It's when America went to a volunteer army back around 1972, just at the end of the Vietnam conflict. They went to a volunteer army rather than a draft, and they realized that if men and women wanted to join the military, they actually had a better chance to train them and rather than drafting them in this is god 's plan with the gospel is that if we voluntarily receive Christ, then we take upon the responsibilities of him to live for him okay it doesn 't become a list of do's and don 'ts it becomes a list of man i I, I want to Uh, please my my Savior. I want to please my Father in heaven. I want to please my co-laborers in Christ. And so we'll talk about some of those things today. It'll be a little bit more of a teachy type atmosphere until we get to the very end. Another uh, famous letter that you maybe not know about it was by a young girl by the name of Grace Bedell. Grace was 11 years old. And she wrote a letter to a person who uh, was running for the presidency of the United States of America. That person, Abe Lincoln, had many failed businesses attempts. In fact, he had filed bankruptcy a number of times on businesses. He had never won an election. He hadn't won it on the local level, he hadn't, won, he hadn't won it on the state level or the national level. And he ran for president, and he did secure the nomination. And securing the nomination with a very new party called the Republican Party, Grace Bedell, and year old girl wrote him a letter and simply said, dear Mr. Lincoln, I think that you should grow a beard. I think women like whiskers, and men will make you, will you will look more manly to them. Just a simple note, Abraham Lincoln never had a beard up until that point, and it's one of his most defining factors. And if you look at, you notice it's Lincoln from the side profiled, and his beard. He was a really thin face, he didn't have a, a beard, so he, he thought, oh, cute, but silly, and his wife picked up the letter and said, mm, pretty good idea, maybe you should try that, Abe. And she said, really? He said, yeah, she said, I think maybe if you grow a beard, you will look more stately. You'll, so Grace Bedell looks like maybe she was right. Well, he ends up growing the beard. He wins the election. And on the way to his inaugura- uh, inauguration in New York City, he stops at Grace Bedell's house and thanks her for writing the letter. And by his words, you've chased, the, you changed the course of history. And we know that Lincoln was one of the greatest presidents that ever lived. Amazing, right? Just a little note like I got or just a, a card or just a letter or just a statement. Now this isn't about writing a note card, although it would be good if, if you would. It would be good if you wrote a note card to somebody uh, maybe during the week and just pass it by. I know with social media and texting and all the different things that we have it's a it's a different life. But a note cards sometimes are very nice. Well Paul sat down one day and wrote a note to uh, the Galatians. And in that, he wanted to make sure that it was something that would be defined. And he wrote it in this realm as his first letter, as he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. This was his first letter. So let's go to Galatians, the third chapter. We're going to read, I think, around the first three or four verses. Let me put this question to you. How did your new life begin, Paul says? Was it by working your heads off to please God, or was it by responding to God's message to you? Question mark. Kind of redundant there, but it, it, it becomes a, a rhetorical rather. We, we can't earn salvation. We can't earn the opportunity to uh, follow Christ. This free gospel is open to everybody. Can you say Amen. Are you going to continue this craziness? For only crazy people would think that they could completely, by their own efforts, what was begun by God. If you weren't smart enough or strong enough to begin it, how do you suppose you could perfect it? Did you go through this whole painful learning process for nothing? Is it not, it is not yet a total loss, but it certainly will be if you keep this up. So what Paul is saying here because they were putting contingencies on salvation. They were putting contingencies on if you were a, a Christ follower or not. And so we, w- what we have is what we would call non-gospel-based religions, okay? And the non-gospel-based religions we'll, we'll talk about for a moment because you have to realize if this is free, in America it's, it's hard to say anything's free uh, because in the business world, if you say, hey, I want to take you to lunch, usually we would say, or there's no such thing as a free lunch. That person wants something. There's inevitably there's something. If somebody calls you kind of out of the clear blue sky and they have small conversations to start with and then at the very end they'll say oh by the way that's the real reason why they called you. Okay? It's not like, oh, by the way, hey, did you hear about or could you could you ask, could you answer this question for me or that? It's it's th- those type of questions. And so we we don't get free sometimes in our mindset. This is this is a free gospel. And this gospel is free for everybody. And not only that, but the lifestyle attached to it, there's a big sense of freedom with it. And again, I'll say this, I've said it the first two weeks, I'll say it this week, this does not give you a license to go out and live however you want, whatever you want to do. You've heard my story about Sailor, our granddaughter. Janie took her to a couple different stores in town, and and she said, Poppy said that you could have whatever you want. So she's going through the store. Poppy said, I could have whatever I want. And She has put the little B in there, whatever I want. People are laughing and smiling, and Janie's throwing stuff in the carts and all all that stuff and the living room is full of stuff, whatever I want. God is not allowing you to do whatever you want. You have responsibilities as a Christ follower. Are you with me? He's paid the price. It's free. But again, we get, I gave up my rights. And I think in the church world, especially what's taken place over the last year and a half, we've we fought for our rights. You can't do that. That's my right. This is my right. Wait a second, time out. I don't think you have any rights, I think you have responsibilities. And as a Christ follower, we have responsibilities to pray for those who are in charge. We have responsibilities to follow the, the rules and the laws of the land. We have responsibilities to respect each other's and, the, and, their, and their feelings towards a, a, a pandemic or a virus. We have, we have responsibilities to, to be uh, brothers and sisters in Christ with each other. Can you say amen? This is, this is important because this is what Jesus says when they ask, what's the two great commandments or what, what commandments should we follow? Well, you need to love God with everything in your heart. You need to love your neighbor as yourself. And that's when the good Samaritan story goes, well, who's my neighbor? Well, he uses a great story of a person that the Levite passed over for, the priest passed over for, but the Samaritan, the half-breed, he went and got him and took care of the man. So God wants us to treat each other like we would would want to be treated, but also with that love and that respect. So the church world lately has kind of risen up and said, no, that's my right. I, I have that right. Listen. Isaiah, let me, let me, let me put a call on you. Isaiah 58 says, God will take care of you. He will be your guard. He will watch over you. You don't have to, you don't really have to defend a whole lot of things. All right. God will take care of that for you. That's what, that's what God does and God does it best. Amen. So look, non-gospel based religions. Let me give you a couple. One is fear-based bondage. All right. What is fear-based bondage? Well, it's, 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 Just that it's fearing that I'm not I'm not good enough. It's fearing that uh, you got to line up this way. You have to do these things this way. Now most of you know my story, but I'll rehearse it very quickly. My life has really gone in 20-year increments. The first 20 years, not quite about 18 and a half. I was born and raised uh, traditional religion, Roman Catholicism. I love my Catholic family, love my Catholic brothers and sisters, family and friends around the world who love God we're on the same team, all right? You love Jesus, we're on the same team. We're in this fight together. And so it was a great upbringing. Went to parochial grade school, uh, had, you know, had the nuns teach me. Sometimes they even hit me with the ruler every now and then. And uh, But I, I, I had spiritual disciplines. My uh, Most Catholics are Catholic because their parents are Catholic, and they're Catholic because their parents are Catholic. Both sets of my grandparents came over uh, from Belgium, from Europe, from Belgium from Poland. Strong, strong Catholic families. You know, we did Lent. We gave up something for Lent. We went to Mass. We didn't eat meat on Fridays. We did everything. Went to confession once a month. We did everything good Catholics do, and we didn't do it because we were Catholic. We did it because we love God. Totally love God. And, 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 and to this day, my, my large Catholic family, they love God. All right? And then I met Janie in high school, and then she introduced me to more of a relationship with Christ. And so what looked probably like spontaneity to my family was well thought out. I thought, I want to grow personally, I want to go deeper in my relationship. So I received Christ as my Lord and Savior and became a Christ follower, okay? I went from religious tradition, however, to extreme legalism. So then I learned all the don'ts. Well, you can't, you can't do this. You, know, you can't listen to that music. You can't wear those shorts. You can't do those things. You can't, you can't, you can't, you can't. And, and I was a little bit uh, stumbled in my walk because I went from one, you know, that was highly uh, uh, traditional all right, and very uh, legacy-orientated to one that became very legalistic. And I will say this as a qualifier and a disclaimer, I am who I am today because of those two those two walks in my life, all right? I'm a very disciplined person. I love God with everything, and yet I honor God. Like, I don't, like, I love God and his son Jesus. But yet, at the same time, then I became very relational to to, to God and realized I don't have to pray through anybody else through a saint to God I can pray to God through his son Jesus Christ and so we raised our kids our family to understand uh, religion in general but also to understand that there's this relationship but it's also good uh, like I would go to mass every Sunday but when we were when I became a Christ follower we were in church five times a week yes <laughs> you know, so it was it was it was just like back and forth And that was the first 20, second 20, and then the third 20 is when Janie and I went into full-time ministry, we decided as we sat down, we would take what was good from both, but we'd also maybe negate some of it. So that it's not about religion, but it's about relationship. It's about loving God. And part of this is that, that fear-based bondage where we, we put and we impose things on people that we don't have a right to. Now, again, I'm not, this is not like a free pass to go live your life however you want. The fear needs to be not based in bondage. The fear needs to be based in reverence for the Lord. I don't want to do those things because I fear God. Not because of what He will do to me. I fear Him because I don't want to offend Him. I don't want to hurt Him. I don't want to. I don't want to make Him upset. I, it's not. There's not a fear there. It's just an awesome reverence, God. I love You so much. If this Bible here that I believe is the inspired Word of God, if this Bible here tells me not to do something, I'm not going to form an agenda on why it's good for me to do it or why it's okay for me to do it. If God says don't do it, I'm not going to do it. But I'm also not going to judge somebody because Paul said work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Listen, again, if you're a Christ follower, we're at least on the same team running the same direction. Are you with me? This is important to know because not everybody runs at the same pace. Trust me, I run casually, very casually, okay? and And some of these guys in the room here, they run like... Jason and Andrew and Marcus and the way some of these guys work out, I'm casual at best. And in my mind, I think I could never keep up with these guys on the, on the running track. I could never go out and run. I mean, some of these guys run in a day what I run in a whole week. Are you with me? I mean, and running's not fun. <laughs> it's like, Oh, you love to run. No, I don't. It's like saying Jenny likes to paint. No, she doesn't. She's just good at it. I'm not even good at running. But I like to run because I want to be healthy. I like to live. <laughs> so I want to go out for a run. And yesterday I went out for a run. and It was like, oh, this is horrible. I had my 257-foot heel that I had to climb, and it was ugly, and it was staring me in the face. It wasn't going anywhere. I looked at it. I stared it down. I put my watch on pause for a moment. I had to take a deep breath. I'm going to run this hill. No, you ain't, my mind said. Yeah, I am. My heart said. No, you ain't, my mind said. I, yes, I am. My heart said. My mind won. I walked the hill. Sometimes you just have to walk in life. Sometimes somebody, one of these, some of these super Christians might be running and healing people and doing all kinds of stuff. When you feel inferior, don't. Don't feel inferior. You just keep walking your walk out, keep loving on God, and God's, gonna, God's going to love and bless you for your efforts. Amen? Now, what's the second thing? The second thing after fear-based bond is in is sometimes we get motivated by rewards or punishment. If I ask for a, a raising of the hands, if you've been saved longer than 25 years, a, a, a Christ follower, chances are very good you got saved because you didn't want to go to hell. You didn't get saved because you loved Jesus and because he died for you. There was a picture painted by the old school doctrine that said, Man, hell, and hell is real, by the way. We're not discounting hell, but that's not the right reason to give your heart to the Lord. The right reason to give your heart to the Lord is because Jesus died for you, so you didn't have to go there. Don't go. Don't. And some will say, "Well, it's, at least you, you know, at least you gave your heart to the Lord." Yes, but it's motivated. Or there's another group that says, "Well, if you become a believer, then you can, you know, you can ask God for brand new houses and brand new cars and brand new blessings and all these things." And although that's true, that God will bless you and reward you favor ain't fair, but it's not necessarily because you asked for it, it's because through your humility, you know that God's in charge of everything, and he gives to the humble. That's that's his reward. But we some of us got saved because man, I don't want I don't want to go to hell. Dear God, I don't want to go to hell. Hell, hell is hot. It's burning and it wasn't made for me. Or, you know, you here if you serve God, all these blessings are good upon you. So there's false motivation. That's not the reason to give our heart to the Lord. The reason to give our heart to the Lord is because God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 5 and 8. He loves you that much. He loves you. Someone asked me recently, what, so what is the church doctrine? John three sixteen: for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth on him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Whosoever, and some of you old timers as I am, you remember that song, whosoever surely meaneth me surely meaneth me. What What is that? That, that? I'm a whosoever. But then the next verse says, but Jesus came into the world not to condemn the world, but through him the world might be saved. So as a church, as a body of believers, we have to stop condemning people and pray that the Holy Spirit would start convicting people. Because it's by that precious Holy Spirit that people even come to know the knowledge of Jesus. And then Romans says, by the goodness of God, people get saved. So it's not my motivation just as it was when I got married my motivation is to make Janie happy happy wife happy life for those of you who are not married very long but no it's a servant's heart it's a servant's attitude not how much can I get away with and still stay married how much, can I, how much can I do on the side or how much can I just do? And then Janie still, you know, likes me enough to, to love me or whatever. No, it's like I'm all in. And when we receive Christ as our Savior, it's not what can I do to get away with it. It's that, Lord, I just want all in. But the church has to be able to have some patience with people while they're still working those things out. Does that make sense? People are working things out. We're still all working things out. The, The third thing of a of a non gospel based religion is anxiety about where you stand with God. It's the whole picture again. When we were young spiritually. Uh, a, lot of the, um, a lot of the messages would be, basically, and this was really great for altar calls, but it was basically be a grease board up here, and my name's in it if I had a good week. If I had a bad week, my name was erased out of it, and God's just writing your name in and out, in and out, in and out, in and out. Now, I would say this, doctrinally, we believe that you can walk away from your salvation, because you're always going to have choice, Personally, I believe it's very difficult if you have a true transformation, if you really love God, it's going to be very, very difficult to walk away from him. But you could. That's that's your call because there's a a freedom of choice in the way we see it. Now, you might say, I don't see it that way, Pastor. Do you love Jesus? Yeah, okay, we're on the same team together. We're still walking this thing out. There's going to be a lot of interpretative uh, doctrines that we're sorting out at the end times where when, when Jesus comes back, we don't know for sure. Wow, I never saw it that way. Dear Lord, I wasn't sure that guy was going to make it, and he's thinking the same thing about me. I wasn't sure that guy was going to make it. You see what I'm saying? So, so we look at anxiety, which anxiety is prevalent in the world today. It's like, well, you're gonna, you're not gonna make it. God's mad at you. God's angry at you. God hates you. And we've seen the bumper stickers from the 70s, 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. You know, we're not perfect. We're just forgiven. And it's almost an elitist group. And listen, there's nothing elitist about us. It's simply that we believe in the free will. But the church sometimes has had a negative connotation to the world because we've taken a superiority complex with us, and we, we need to walk in our humility that says, wait a second, only by the grace of God is my name written in the Lamb's book of life. Only by the grace of God. There is nothing else. And this is what Paul is saying to the, to the people of Galatia. You, you are saying that the, there's qualifications on these things. Stop the qualification. Uh, women were worshiping uh, with men, and then the Jews didn't like it. Uh, uh, the Gentiles were not circumcised, and the Jews didn't like it. The Jews were eating a form of, of their own meal, and the Gentiles, didn't like it. it was back and forth, and he said, Stop it already. You didn't earn the salvation, all right? You, can't, you just walk it. You accept it freely. Let's move on to Galatians, the third chapter. Verses 15 through 20 very quickly. Friends, Paul continues, let me give you an example from everyday affairs of the free life I am talking about. Once a person's will has been ratified, no one else can annul it or add to it. By the way, and we have a, an attorney or two in our congregation, the word ratified means agreed upon by both parties, cannot be broken. So once you agree upon something, all right, this person says, okay, here, so God agreed upon sending his son. Once we accept it, it won't be broken. You can't, you can't break that. So no one else can annul it or add to it. Now, The promises were made to Abraham and to his descendants. You will observe that Scripture in the careful language of a legal document does not say to descendants with an S, referring to everybody in general, but to your descendant, the noun, note, is singular, referring to Christ. He's the one descendant. Everything passes through Jesus. This is, by the way, interpreted as I will A will earlier ratified by God is not annulled by an addendum attached 430 years later, thereby negating the promise of the will. No, this addendum with its instructions and regulations has nothing to do with the promised inheritance in the will. What is the point then of the law, the attached addendum, question mark? It was a thoughtful addition to the original covenant promises made to Abraham. Here's the part. The purpose of the law was to keep a sinful people in the way of salvation until Christ, the descendant, came, inheriting the promises and distributing them to us. This is where we have to understand, and I have this one point that we'll leave up there then. Uh, you have The free gift cannot be nullified. You, you can't nullify. Nullify a free gift. In other words, if you can't nullify it, then you can't pre-qualify it. It's a free gift for everybody. So, what Paul is saying in Galatians, and this is foundational, this is something that you must get. The law was in form so that it could drive people to Christ, so that it could show people the error of their way and they needed a savior. So now in grace, we receive Christ, and we we don't have boundaries as much as we do responsibility. No, I can't do that because it will hurt my walk with Christ. I can't do that because the Bible shows me that I shouldn't do that or I can't do that. But what has happened over years is because of well-meaning people uh, realizing that people can get out of hand. Paul says you don't understand your liberally, li- liberalities. You, I can do all things, but not all things are good for me. And some people can't handle that. So some people that can have have a, a drink, others become an alcoholic, just to use a, a simple thing, okay? So, this would hinder maybe them, so the old school would say, well, nobody should do it, even though the Bible says, go ahead, take a little wine for your stomach. sake." well, that's before, you know, NyQuil. Well, NyQuil's 25% alcohol, and that bottle of wine's 5%. <laughs> I'm shocked at the hypocrisy there. Or people will say, "Well, that, Paul didn't really mean that." I'm sorry, I didn't know you were there two thousand years ago, when Paul was writing, and I, I didn't realize you had a private conversation with him. But when Paul didn't really, Jesus didn't really turn the water into wine. It was just grape juice. And like my son Marcus says, "Well, then it wasn't a miracle. Anybody can go step on some grapes." Are you with me? So what am I saying? I'm using those illustrations to say, wait a second, if your heart is right, if your heart is pure, this free gift cannot be annulled, it has already been ratified by the King of Kings and the Lord of all glory. He has called you to be His own, He loves you and He bought you with a price. Now, the rest of it, though, is up to us. This is why we should use our heart as a gauge. And every night before I go to bed, I check my heart before the Lord. Maybe I did say something. Maybe I did do something. Maybe I thought something that wasn't right. I mean, there's people I want to beat up. (laughs) That's probably not really godly. But if I asked you for a raise of hands, every hand would go up if there was something in your life that, well, that's probably not really got. So I asked the Lord to check, check my heart, right? Check my, Lord, would you check my heart? Well, yeah, you did want to beat that one guy up today. <laughs> forgive, forgive me. I don't want to beat anybody up right now, this minute. I'm good. Is my name back in? No, my name's always been in. I'm just a work in progress because I received Christ with this free gospel. You see, and when we were free, when we received Christ with this free gospel. Then a couple things really cool happen. We just read it a moment ago where now we go back through the descendant, through Jesus, to Abraham and to the Abrahamic covenant or the Abrahamic promise. And if you need to go home this afternoon and read Genesis 12, 1, 2, and 3, most of you can quote it, but I'm going to read you the seven promises, the seven blessings really quickly, and we're going to sing the song, The Blessing. Why? Because if you are an heir... If you're an heir, if, you're, if, you're, if you receive the free gospel and you receive grace, for by grace are you saved through faith, uh, it is a gift of God, not of works, not of ourselves, lest any man should boast, then you receive that, then our prayer to you is that you'll walk in it 100% full on. You're not trying to prove anything to anybody else. You are a Christ follower. You love Jesus. You're living for him, okay? But then two, you also have this promise that God's given you called the blessing. And if you walk in that blessing, not arrogantly, but humbly, then God starts to answer some of these prayers that you're praying for your family members, your friends, and so on. So the first one is that you'll be a great nation. He told Abraham, you'll be a great nation. This is a man who didn't have a son at the time and was 75 years old. when he said, look at the star. Look at the sand, and he's wanting him to visualize the number of people that are going to come out of out of him and Sarah's uh, uh, connection. Okay, so that they can so they can understand he stepped out in faith, and maybe he didn't even realize. Today, you might not even realize the blessing that's going to flow through you and through your line just by being faithful to God. He said, "You'll be blessed." you'll be famous. You'll be a blessing. You're going to, God's going to bless the people who bless you. Some of you today, your companies are blessed only because you work there. That's it. God loves you so much. He's going to bless your provider because he's absolutely your provider. Okay. And some people, and then then he goes on to say, he's going to curse the people who curse you. And so, some people, it's like, wait a second. Like, I, I don't, I could give you a, a story that happened this week with a person who was, who was going through a, a sale of something and they, and they thought everything was working against them. And all of a sudden, God was really working for them. It was like, dear, nobody saw that one coming. It was just a, a full on miracle of God's favor. And I, trust me on this one, I believe in God's favor. I believe God loves his kids. Just like you love your kids, hopefully, when your kids walk in your house, they're not afraid of you. We should not be afraid of Father God, who sent his son Jesus, who we are joint heirs with, all right? And he goes before us into the Father to make way, because he's the right hand, he's the power, all right? So he said he could. And then he says, this is the important part, and says, all, all families, everybody say all. All families will be blessed because of you. All families. not And this is what he's saying. Not just the Greek. not just the, Come on, we're back worship team. Not just the Gentiles. Not just the Jews. Not just this person or that person. Not just uh, male or female. All families. That includes you. You are all families. Now, if we receive this free gospel, we love Jesus. And again, we don't serve Jesus because he's going to bless us. We serve Jesus because he's already blessed us with salvation. He's already blessed us with the cross. He's already blessed us with the Holy Spirit. That's why we serve Jesus. Let's go to Galatians 3. Let's read the last couple of verses then we have. In Christ's family, okay, these are Christ's followers. This is what Paul's talking about. There can be no division. All right, let's stop there for a second because it seems like in the church world, there's so much division. Well, that's why you know the enemy's at work. Whenever there's division, you know, it's because of the enemy. He's afraid of the power of God's people, all right? Can't be no division in Jews or non-Jews, slaves and free, male, female. Among us, you are all equal. Again, if you're part of God's family, we're all on the same team together. Pastor, I can't do what they can do. I, I, probably I can't either. But right now, we're just going to say, wait a second. If we're on the team together, let's huddle. Let's at least pray for them. Let's, let, let's believe that God's going to deal with them. God said his promises, his word now return void. So let's continue to pump the word of God into them. Among us, you are all the equal. That is, we are all in common relationship with Jesus Christ. And since you are God's or Christ's family, then you are Abraham's famous descendant, heirs. Everybody say heir. Heir according to the covenant promises I read to you out of Genesis, the 12th chapter, verse 1 through 3. Stand with me right here for a moment. I want to pray a blessing over you as we have the ability to do so. And when we sing this song in a minute, the blessing, I want you to pray that over your family, your sons, your daughters, your grandchildren, your your parents, your siblings, your brothers, your sisters. I want you to pray because you are a Christ follower. You've been given that authority to pray in that realm. You've been given that favor to pray in that realm. You've been given that promise from God through Abraham all the way to us. And it's free. It's a free will. It's a free free gospel that God says, I'm going to do this for you. As I do it for you, I want you to do it unto others. Father, I pray today, raise your hands if you're comfortable doing so. Father, right here, those watching online, those listening in house, those here, Father Lord, that are maybe walking through something, I pray right now, Father, God, that they would declare that blessing over them, that blessing of freeness, that blessing of wholeness, that blessing of life, that blessing of healing, that blessing, Father Lord, of of just walking walking through even suffering moments right here, right now. Blessing for their family, their friends, their future. God, I pray right now that you would help us as we walk, Father, Lord, in the promise, the covenant blessing that you gave Abraham is still in effect, oh, Lord, over 4,500 years later. Father, we declare it, we receive it, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said, amen. Let's worship one more time together. God bless you.
1: If you want the favor of God to go before you and to go with you. Amen. The first step is to surrender your life over to God because he cares for you, because he is for you. We don't always understand why God does what he does or doesn't do what he doesn't do, but you can rest assured knowing that his actions, every one of his actions are based on love. He loves you so much that he even sent his own son to die for you, amen? He gave it all for you. And when we don't understand him, we can still know that he is for us. Some of you might think, well, I'm not good enough to follow Jesus Christ. I can't do it. Well, you just heard a powerful message about this free gift of salvation that comes to you without any strings attached. It's just a free gift that then the Holy Spirit empowers you to live the life that God is calling you to live. But today you might be here today having never surrendered your life to Christ, but today you're saying, you know what? I believe that Jesus loves me. I believe that God God loves me, that Jesus died on that cross, but I've never made that decision like what Pastor Mark talked about to actually say, you know what? I wanna surrender my life to him. If you want the favor of God to go with you, if you want God to go before you, if you want to live not only for God here on earth, but for eternity in heaven, then that free gift is for you. I just want to take one moment. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes and contemplate this? Is your life for God or is it for yourself? And if you have to hesitate, if you have to think about that, if you're saying today, you know what, I want to surrender my life to God because I know that I can't just do this by myself. I I need something else. I need someone else to take control. Then I encourage you today. I just want you to know this. God loves you, that we've all sinned, we've all messed up. But Jesus Christ came and he he took our place. He suffered and died in our place so that we don't have to suffer and die. But yet we can live our lives for him today. We can choose to live for him and have a home forever in eternity. I encourage every one of us here today to make that decision and to repeat this prayer after me. Say, dear God, thank you for loving me and sending your son Jesus. I know I've sinned. Please forgive me and make me a new person. I choose to live for you In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Can we give each other a hand clap for making that decision? If you did make that decision, especially if you made that decision for the first time, then in two weeks, I encourage you to make that decision public to you or family around here and even invite some others and get water baptized. Show everyone here, hey, guess what? I'm a follower of Jesus Christ and I used to be a filthy person in my sin But now I've been cleaned, cleansed, and I'm made new. And you can demonstrate that in water baptism by following Jesus' command. But you don't have to wait two weeks. Come see me after church. I'll be around the VIP booth. I want to give you some resources to help you in that decision and making, uh, your, your, uh, making your decision to follow Jesus Christ. Let's close in prayer. Father, I thank you for each person here today. I thank you that you are for us. I thank you that we have received this free gospel. Lord, I ask that you would go before us, that you'd make every crooked place straight. Lord, that you would raise every valley, that you would lower every mountain. God, that you would direct us in the past as we surrender to you, as we acknowledge you in all of our ways, that you would make our paths straight. Lord, I ask that you would have your way with each student going to school tomorrow, with each teacher that's going back to class. Lord, I ask for every employee, God, that is going to work, that you would make us missionaries, that we would shine a light so bright, even in a dark place, even as the world gets darker, as it seems, Lord, that we can shine even brighter the hope and the light of Jesus Christ. Empower us to do this by your Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus we pray, amen. God bless you. We love you. Have a great week.
2: Thank you for joining us for today's service. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing today. You can give at www.gracechurch.tv slash give. We can't wait to see you next week.